Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes. As we continue our team previews, it is now time to talk... The Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously a transition time for the Cavaliers, so this will be a very fun show to get some insight on. I am Tim Daniel. You know me regularly from the show each and every week. Uh, joining me this week uh, from King James Gospel is actually fitting us in before he heads across the world, which is very appreciative of me. Uh, this is Joe Brett from King James Gospel, like I said. Joe, welcome to 48 Minutes. It's been It's good to have you. How are you? Oh, I, yeah, it's yeah, good to be on. I know on. what you mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome, man. This is cool. Like I said, thanks for fitting us in before your crazy schedule takes over. And Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm headed to Ecuador on Sunday, so it'll be a good time. Yeah, I can't be there say for uh, when I've done scheduling for episodes, I've ever had to fit in before you move to Ecuador. So, this is the first. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. So before we do talk about the Cavs, as you know, if you check out our show each and every week, this is mm-hmm. 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Alexa, and of course Spotify. So basically everything but SoundCloud and probably other ones I don't know about. But um, we're you know putting these up two, day, two days a week right now, Mondays and Thursdays, with every two, with different teams. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, this is a team near and dear to my heart, obviously. So... Joe, let's jump right into it. Um, obviously, a big transition for the Cavaliers. Things are different now. Mm-hmm. The obvious question is, how do we do things, and how how is life without Jeff Green? How, how, how are we going to decide on Jeff Green anymore? You know, he was a great cutter when he was in Cleveland, so I yes. don't know how we're going to deal with him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. And uh, Obviously, the joke is um, LeBron being gone. It's a crazy situation. Obviously, mm-hmm. we—it's the right. You know, we've been worrying about it for a year. Yeah. Um, I yes. haven't really talked to a lot of people in Cleveland per se about it. Um, I've talked to my friends down here in Cincinnati that are Cav fans. You know, myself being one. Um, and kind of how I feel about it is, I'm disappointed. I, it sucks. I'm not mad at him. He did what he was supposed to do. I wish he would have stayed and ended his career there. He still technically could end his career there because his mm-hmm. cyborg body might go till he's 47. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what 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 are you feeling about that? What what is your feeling from like Cleveland? The reaction to him leaving? Yeah, so I'm not sure if people know nationally, but um, there's a huge poster in um, Cleveland yep. of LeBron with his hands out. Um, and it I says, saw it live for the first time this year. Yeah, and um, every time I go downtown, I see it, and it's one of those posters that it's it's so connected to the Cleveland experience, and um, now there's just a massive um, brick just Mm -hmm. facade there and it's actually on the side of the Sherwin Williams building and so last time when LeBron left last time they put up a a poster of like this is our home Sherwin Williams um and so it's going to be interesting on that note of what they're going to put there now but I think the interesting thing was that when when he left the first time when they were taking the poster down there was a lot of people there and they were angry Mm -hmm. um and now when when I saw photos from my friends of um, when they took it down, people weren't angry. They were just kind of like excited 
Um, obviously, I think a lot of um, Cleveland fans are going to follow the Lakers, I think. Um, For sure. Follow, see what he does in his career. I mean, even though he's not necessarily playing for Cleveland, he um, he's obviously from Akron, and there are a lot of people in the city who are going to support him no matter where he goes. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and I'm one of those people myself, so obviously I'll always keep an eye on the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm weird, man. I grew up a Bulls and Cavaliers fan because Jordan oh. LeBron, you know, obviously <laughs> my two favorite players. It's yeah. the most annoying debate on social media, <laughs> um, but, you know, and they're Central Division rivals, but yeah. they're my two favorite teams, so <laughs> I guess now I kind of have to add the Lakers. I do an NBA podcast. I don't do a home <laughs> show, you know. I yeah. can do it if I want to. Yeah. Um, so... You know, obviously, it's a big hit. Anytime you lose the best player in the world of 15 years, you don't really just come back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they did really well this offseason in the case of losing LeBron mm-hmm. is really just see what they can, you know, kind of keep the group together and give it, like, not necessarily one last run, because, but I like the Colin Sexton pick. I like signing mm-hmm. Kevin Love to an extension. I like that they're planning on Larry Nance Jr. being there for a long time. I think those are all big things for the Cavaliers as they move forward. I just really wish they could also find a way to get rid of this Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith contracts that LeBron mm-hmm. left them with. Yeah, so um, the interesting thing about those contracts is um, we were talking um, on my podcast about it. The um, All those clutch sports, um, big contracts, even the Kyle Culver contract, even though it's not clutch sports, they all end in 2020. So in 2020, the Cavaliers are going to be completely off the books beside Colin Sexton and Ante Cizic. Um And so when they made those contracts, they were doing it in a specific way. So the TT contract was five years at the time. The J.R. Smith contract was four years at the time. And although they're excessively large contracts that probably can't be traded, the TT contract specifically probably can't be traded. The J.R. Right. Smith contract probably could. Um, but they're excessively large contracts, but they all end in 2020. So um, as soon as you hit 2020, you're a whole new team. All the all the LeBron James drama is completely behind you, and you're ready to move on. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So um, kind of like talking about, let's talk basketball-wise. Mm-hmm. There's no way to fill the role of a guy that can do everything on the court, oh, a no. guy that can score, a guy that can rebound, a guy that can pass. A guy that when he wants to play defense is a phenomenal man-to-man defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you're, the benefit they do have is you have a point guard that you can really build around for the future. Yep. Um, you do have, I guess, your franchise guy right now who we have seen when he is the number one option is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious because a lot of people seem to think they're just done for. And I, I, I kind of lean that way. But then again, I look at it as, you know, there's still some talent there. There's still some good players. I like them getting Sam Decker, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see the chance where maybe they can compete, especially in the conference they're in. Yeah, so um, just on this um, summer's acquisitions, um, David Nwaba is one of my favorite. Yes. Um, that's a really good pickup. He plays excellent man-to-man defense. Um, he, he can play a Tony Allen-type role. But generally, I think the... The thing about our team is we're very strangely constructed right now. We have quite mm. a few point guards. We have guards in general. <laughs> so we have we have guys like George Hill and J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver who have been here for a while. Um, and then we have um, a few younger point guards at the end of our roster that are fighting for um, for spots in training camp. And then we have Colin Sexton, of course. But I think 
this team is very well constructed for um, the modern NBA. We have a lot of playmakers. So we have guys like Rodney Hood, who um, it looks like they're going to be giving the ball a lot to this year um, to try to see what he's going to be in a um, bigger role. And then we have Jetty Osman, who um, may not have as big of an impact on the national media, but in Cleveland, people love that guy. He um, plays like a big deli, um, Della Vadova. Um, and he he plays great defense. He He's a capable secondary playmaker. He can hit the three. Um, and he just tries really, really hard. He's scrappy. Um, and I think we've got a really good piece in him. So then we have Ante Zizic, who... Um, who was absolutely making Shaq moves in the summer league. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he can get minutes in the NBA. But um, yeah, I think we have some, some interesting playmakers on this team. You definitely do. Let's kind of highlight a few guys before we kind of look at the season in general. Um, Colin mm-hmm. Sexton, obviously, lottery pick. Um, a guy that a lot of people loved in the tournament. Made a lot of huge plays for Alabama. Um, really, I mean, kind of if you think about it, before Villanova pulls away, he's the reason they're in that game. I mean, he's the reason mm-hmm. Alabama won games this year in general. I'll never forget yeah. them playing three-on-five against Minnesota yep. and him almost beating them. That's he cool. almost beat them. Yeah, it's crazy. That's when I realized I wanted him. I wrote a, <laughs> I wrote a story earlier, um, earlier before the draft, and it was um, highlighting um, some good players that we could get defensively. This is before LeBron left, so I was thinking... Um, obviously, since we've had LeBron, defense has always been an issue. Um, and so I was thinking of players that they could get in the draft that could help defensively. And um, Colin Sexton, although he's good, um, although he's excellent um, offensively, he's a really good defensive player. Yeah, he is. And um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but I think it was the Lakers um, during the... Um, <laughs> During the super side, it was defense. at least, yeah, <laughs> it was probably the second overtime or maybe the first overtime. But he just got down and he was ready to take him on. And after that, I was like, that's the guy I want on my team somebody who's ready to do that in summer league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, um, how he turns out. He'll be a good player. Yeah, I think you know the the rookies just had their polls come out and they voted him as the guy they have as the co rookie of the year with DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's very possible because of the fact he's gonna get he's gonna have the volume. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, he's probably because J.R. Smith, depending on the night, is either gonna go ten for eighteen or two for eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. So Colin Sexton kind of can really get be <laughs> that guy that can take some shots away from him, mm-hmm. and then obviously Kevin Love probably gonna be option one. Uh, talking a little bit more, more about Kevin Love, so the contract extension happens. Yep, four year, one twenty million. Yes, yes, and I like it for the case of it's good he's staying. I don't know if he'll finish out the contract there, like you kind of mentioned, um, but I think that for Cleveland to kind of have a guy that they can go to there, of all people though, it's the guy I feel bad for because he was kind of the scapegoat through this four year run of success where everyone tried to blame things on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what do you have the feeling? What's the feeling you get from talking to people? You know, whether it be like on the website or people you talk to about the Cavs at bars. How do they yeah. feel about Kevin Love signing the deal? Um, so I think generally people in Cleveland absolutely love Kevin Love. Um, and although he has been a scapegoat, um, 
I think they realize that he has really given everything he can to this city. Um, and I think generally on a more basketball note, um, it doesn't necessarily stop us from making a rebuild because Kevin Love hasn't necessarily shown that he can win games by himself in the past. True. So um, by having him here, he can be a star here and put up numbers and not necessarily win us games, and then we get more draft picks. So um, it ha- he hasn't necessarily shown that he can win games, and it could completely change this year. Um, I mean, he's developed quite a bit when he's when he was in Cleveland, but um, just on my note, I've always been a kind of guy that said, "Look, if we're not going to win championship, let's rebuild." And um, Kevin Love doesn't necessarily stop us from doing that, and I think um, we just turned him. I think we turned him more into a bigger asset by signing him um, for the extension because. If if it does turn out in even this year or next year that we want to trade him, a team is going to look at that extension and be like, okay, we can get behind that. So, I actually was talking about that. I was like, when I thought for sure he has to be traded, like mm-hmm. places he could go, and I kept thinking like, you know, maybe here, maybe here, maybe here. And I kept coming back to like the Lakers. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. that that team makes the most sense for him still, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And I could honestly see it. I think um, I I really think that a lot of the chemistry issues in the last um, in the last um, era of the Cavs, so the Kyrie, Kevin Love, LeBron type Cavs, I think a lot of the issues came from Kyrie, and I think that's came out in the last um, few months. Yeah, um, for sure. That we kind of learned how Kyrie is as a teammate. <laughs> And um, I think I think there wasn't as many issues between Kevin Love and LeBron as people made it seem. You know, I, that was actually, thank you, that was going to be my next question was, you know, do you feel like the, chem- the quote-unquote issues between LeBron and Kevin Love was overrated? And I thought it was, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there was the tweet oh, yeah. about fitting in that LeBron sent for the first year they were together, but really, I mean, otherwise... After that? Yeah. Yeah, after that, I didn't... I mean... The thing about the thing about Kevin Love is his role was easier than Kyrie's because mm-hmm. he wasn't expected. He wasn't the guy that was going to go out and um, be the dynamic duo in the finals and score forty-one points with LeBron. Um, he wasn't going to be that guy, and so um, it made it easier on him. But also, I think it made it easier on their relationship um, because getting traded, he kind of understood his role, Kyrie. Yeah never really accepted it or at least we find out now that he never really there are reports saying that he never really wanted lebron in cleveland and so i've heard those reports too yeah. i don't really believe them kind of i think they're kind of bullshit to be honest i mean i can understand where they come from i don't know if they're accurate but i can see i can see why kyrie wouldn't want lebron there but i see both sides of it sure but i think kyrie also had to think at that point was he was our best chance of winning oh for sure they weren't, they weren't even close without yeah, LeBron. exactly. So let's kind of, I know this is kind of going all over the place, let's talk about the 2016 finals because I'm curious as someone who covers this team what your thoughts are. I've said in the past when I've talked about whether it be on shows, talking with friends at bars, having beers, I think the 2016 finals is the most important NBA finals in the last 20 years. It's the comeback story. It's the King winning, like, fulfilling his legacy. It's beating the super team that set the record of most wins in a regular season. 
everything about it, I think, as far as the drama, the suspension, and the mm-hmm. shot, and the block, and everything. I think it's the most important finals in the last couple of years. What do you think? Yeah, so I just I was just talking to my brother about this the other day, and um, I think it's the most impressive performance I've ever seen out of anybody. Yes. Um, purely on LeBron's part. But I think also... Um, Obviously, I'm from Cleveland, so I saw it from that perspective. <laughs> it it captivated the city like no other thing that I've seen in my time here. I would go to I would go to my local grocery store with like a LeBron jersey on, mm-hmm. and I would go up to buy some milk or something, and the person behind the counter would say, um, "Have a good game." And there's I've never seen anything like that in Cleveland. And I'm sure that happens in other big cities that have better sports teams. Sure. <laughs> but when I wear my Browns jersey and go to the and go to um <laughs> my local grocery store, nobody's saying that. They're making fun of me. And so well, not now. There's a lot of Browns hype right now. Oh they're yeah. Jarvis Bengals. Landry, man. Bless yeah, them. They're, they're loving hard knocks. I'm loving hard yeah. knocks as a Bengals fan, it's, so. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. So I, I love I think, the finals. Mm-hmm. I could watch it. I've I've watched Game Seven four times now since. Oh yeah, no, I um, I make it a um. I make it a tradition to watch um, the twenty sixteen finals, all seven games at least once a year. Um, <laughs> I just think the you couldn't write you couldn't script it better. No, not at as all. as um, as a commissioner said when he was on the stage. Um, you guys not just won one for Cleveland, you won one in historic fashion. Um, and I think, honestly, that's what LeBron does. He just brings people together, and he brings people together in historic ways. Um, and it was honestly the most impressive sports performance I have ever seen in my entire life. I think I knew, people, you know, it's easy to say this, I think I knew they were going to win after, what was it, was it Game 5 when LeBron and Kyrie both scored 41 each? Uh, yeah, I think and so. And Craig Sager yeah. was there, and I was like, okay, something feels different about this. And then Game 6, obviously, they win again, and they dominate Game 6. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, they're really going to win this. And Game 7, obviously, goes back and forth till the end. And when, when the block and the shot happen, obviously, that's when people could be like, I knew we were going to win then. But yeah. I, I think Richard and Channing just talked about this on Road Tripping recently, where they talked mm-hmm. about the moment they knew they were going to win the title. And yeah. I think it was game. It was when Draymond got suspended, and then they just came out there and they just were all, hit, clicking on all cylinders. I went, okay, I really think the Cavs are going to win this. I think they're going to come back. Yeah, I mean, there's the story of um, there's a story of in I think it was game five. Um, Coach Lou before the game, he um, took a he took a duffel bag and asked all the players to put money in the duffel bag, and then got up on a. Um, a chair and put the and put the duffel bag in the ceiling. It was kind of like a um, thing you could pop up. Yeah. And he put the money up there, and then he put the ceiling back, and he said, "We're coming back for this." And I, I think it was Game Five when I realized because I think after they won after they won that um, at Golden State, I had much much more faith in them winning in um, in the queue, and then. And then once you get to Game Seven, I mean, it's LeBron James. Right, exactly. So anything, anything can any, happen, but it's good to have that guy on your side. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, we could talk about we could do a whole podcast on the <laughs> 16 Finals alone. I would. It love was to incredible. Do that, do game by game, and just do like yeah. a series of that. 
yeah. I, we talked about that as a production in a production meeting actually about potentially doing that so oh yeah um let's talk a little bit about tyron Lou. Mm-hmm. so he's a guy and like there's a guy that has a list very people are very critical of tyron Lou. oh yeah. a lot of that obviously comes with the fact that he had to coach lebron james um a lot of that comes to the fact that he had to coach guys like kyrie Irving, kevin love and he dealt with mm-hmm. some very interesting personalities Mm-hmm. But I think at times I've been different on him. At times I really think he's not a great NBA coach, and at times I really kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because of who he was coaching. So mm-hmm. where where do you lean in the Tyron Lue thing? Do you think now without LeBron this is a shot to kind of see two, three years worth of what he can do? Um, I don't even think two, three years. I think you give him a year. His leash is really going to be quite tight. Um, so I think he's a great personality coach in mm-hmm. the sense that he was – incredible dealing with LeBron um and I think he didn't really show that he was that great at actually coaching some of his lineups and his rotations have been suspect (laughs) (laughs) and um however I do think he gave the Cavs the first championship or he gave Cleveland the first championship in 52 years so you don't get rid of him you give him a chance and so um I think they're going to give him a year and it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not he has he can show that he um can develop players um we don't know if he can and right. so we really don't know much about him coaching wise because lebron is such a hard um player to coach you run lebron systems you don't right. run systems LeBron around doesn't lebron doesn't run your system exactly so well, you're... yeah and you're right. You're, you know, there's a lot of young guys in this team to see what he can do to develop, and not just Sexton, not just Zidgets and Jetty, like mm-hmm. we mentioned. Jordan Clarkson's a guy that still is really kind of yeah. putting his his, his skill set together. Um, yeah. That's, you know, so that's gonna be a big one for them. Um, mm-hmm. Guys like John Holland, who were on the G League, who were coming back mm-hmm. from the G League last year on a two way. Yeah. What does what does he bring to the table? What can mm-hmm. get out of him? So, I think uh, Billy Preston. Staffs, yeah, Billy Preston's a huge one. Actually, thank yeah. you. I was gonna talk about Billy Preston. Yeah, um, Billy's great. Yeah, so obviously a guy that had a very interesting career at Kansas. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you expect to see from Billy with the Cavaliers and what his career could be? Uh, yeah, so I think um, I think Billy's going to be an interesting piece. I don't see him um, getting many minutes this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be – generally the Cavs don't give that many minutes to our uh, two-way players. Um, that might have been because we were obviously competing for a championship, but um, in the past we've shown that we generally keep them at the can charge, um, and then just move them up when we absolutely need players on the roster. Mm-hmm. And so um, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they do that same strategy, or whether or not they um, use more of the NBA days during games instead of practices. But um, the but the um the interesting thing is going to be to see whether or not um he plays in generally but then i really like him as a player i Same. think um he's super unbelievably athletic um and we'll see how he can fit in an nba system so my honest opinion the most fun player on this team even with the guys we've mentioned is larry nance junior Oh, for sure. And I'm excited for Larry Nance and now they get kind of a bigger role with the team. I think um, he's a super athletic guy, obviously unbelievable talent. 
Another guy that you can make a case probably won the dunk contest with the things he did in the end, though I still lean towards Dennis Smith Jr. Really should have been in the finals. Um, but everything he brings to the table is things you want from a player as far as hard-nosed grit, you know, busts his ass, tries to get better. Obviously still has some things where he has to improve, but I was really excited in the Boston series when you finally saw Lou give him minutes, and he mm-hmm. clicked, and he was a big, like, energy guy for them. And in the finals, even, he had some situations where he was playing. With LeBron gone, with where his role is going to be now, what do you expect from Larry Nance this year? As the Cavs have said, they plan on signing him to an extension. Yeah, so um, obviously um, he wants to be here. He grew up in Cleveland. He played at Revere High School. Um, his dad played for Cleveland. Um, but I kind of feel bad for him. I just want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been playing on the Lakers for the last how many years he comes to play for LeBron and then LeBron goes to the Lakers. Right. <laughs> um, Not only that, LeBron made, they made a trade with LeBron to get. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, made <laughs> <Exactly>. the <space. laughs> they made the space for LeBron to go to the Lakers with the trade that brought him to Cleveland. Um, <laughs> it was generally unfortunate for him, but I think he was a really good player to play with LeBron. He's really good at cutting, um, but I think what's going to be interesting is to see him develop on defense. He is a really, really good defender. Um, and I don't know if that's just because most of the NBA I've watched was the Cavs um, and they're terrible at defense, but like really, truly awful at defense. <laughs> yes. They really don't have any good defenders on that team. Oh, man, or, they give me so many headaches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the... He's actually properly good at defense. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to develop as an anchor. Um, but then also offensively, um, he said in an interview in Summer League that he is going to be bringing the ball up the floor. Um, and then when asked whether or not Ty Lue has approved that, he said, I don't care. So <laughs> it's going to, that'll be, that's going to be what it is. He's going to be bringing up the floor, uh, ball up the floor now. Um, we're going to ha- be having a six nine point guard. So, <laughs> well, you had one for a while. You had one for four years. Yeah, did we? LeBron. Oh, he counts. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be really good. Um, and it's a matter of time. Until this contract, um, until he gets his extension, um, both sides want it. So he's yeah. going to be a member of the Cavs for a while. Yeah, for he loves sure. Cleveland. And I- I'm excited for it. He'll probably be my next Cavs jersey I buy. Yeah, I already as soon like as soon as the <laughs> trade happened, I was like, let's go get a Nance jersey. <laughs> you were like, okay, I didn't order it yet because he was wearing 24. Now he's wearing 22. I'm 22 exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so last player preview we'll talk about: uh, Channing Fry's coming back. Oh, beautiful. Yes, I love um, Road Trippin'. I love it so much. Yeah, that means we're going to win the championship. Yeah, I exactly. Just, yeah. That's what Channing does. Exactly. <laughs> so, obviously, I mean, when he talks about it, when you listen to him talk on Road Trip, and he kind of doesn't really expect to kind of be a guy that plays a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I don't necessarily think he's going to play that much. He's a really good mentor. Um, and with a lot of our players... Um, needing to get jump shots so um we have colin sexton and larry nance for example or wanting to improve their range 
we obviously have um, Kyle Korver, who has a history of improving players' jump shots and free throw routines. Um, he even did that with LeBron for a while. Um, it will be really nice to have another elite-level shooter on the team to help with that. Because I think that's what a lot of um, fans don't necessarily realize, how much the players help each other. Um, and Channing is one of those um, players. He also just comes from a championship um, pedigree, and he's going to show these young guys um, how to be a real pro. So, Joe, let me ask you. I'm debating, you don't know if you know, but November 21st at the Q, there's a very important basketball game happening that night. Hmm. Yeah, I think the Lakers are coming to town. Some LeBron yeah. James guy is going to be there. Maybe. So right now, <laughs> according to SeatGeek, the cheapest ticket is $145. That's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. Should I fork the money out to go see this? Because I feel like well, I should be there. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be crazy. Um, there might be a few people running on the court. Um, <laughs> the signs are going to be incredible. Yes, they um, are. Cleveland fans The tribute video is going to be awesome. Yeah, they're great with their signs. Um, lots of thank yous, I think. Um, not, not too many boos. There's obviously going to be some booze. Yeah, um, it won't be Kyrie bad. Oh, I was there when that happened. Were you? So you were at yeah. the Ron Hayward leg break. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I bet. Yes, I was. I could see it and hear it. It was about oh. eye level. Yeah. And the guy in front of me saw it before I did, stood up and turned around and screamed in my face. And I was like, what just happened? And they replayed it on the um, big screen because they didn't know what had happened at first. And then they replayed it once, and then everyone was like, oh, wow, that's not good. And then they didn't replay it again. Um, (laughs) But it was interesting because even throughout the game, while everybody was booing Kyrie, everybody was checking their Twitter. Because everyone was, I mean, that man really, really injured himself. And so um, everyone was just checking Twitter to see if he was okay. And, um, I mean, thank, thank God he was um, for the NBA in general. But for sure, it, it, was a really, it was a really crazy experience. Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, I watched it on TV and it was puke, so I can't imagine being where you were to see it. <laughs> I could hear it. That, I can't get that. Oh, I God. can't get the sound out of my head. I went to... This was 06. I went to a Bengals-Browns game, mm-hmm. and I saw David Pollock break his neck. Oh. And that was awful. Yeah. So I can't even imagine watching someone break their leg and, like, oof. Yeah. All right. Well, that being said, because we're <laughs> yes. So we, Joe, what we try to do on these shows is we try to get a bold prediction from everyone who comes on about the team they're previewing. Mm-hmm. So that being said, what is your bold prediction for the Cleveland Cavaliers this year? Um... Oh, see, the thing about the Cavs is they can go either way. Right. So it really honestly depends on what they want to do. Um, I think this will be my prediction. If they want to, they can make the playoffs easy. If they don't want to, they can be one of the worst teams. Or they can be the worst team in the league. Well, I think They're in that sweet spot. I think you kind of want to be the one of the worst teams, right? Because the Atlanta... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's just a matter of if the ownership also wants to be the worst team in the league. So, Joe, you've been awesome, and I really appreciate you fitting us in before you head across the world. Um, 
Before we get out of here, though, please take a minute to shout out your writing, your social media account, anything you want people to know where they can interact with you. The floor is yours. Um, yeah, so you can hear my podcast. Um, I co-host it with um, another contributor from King James Gospel. Um, his name is Doug Patrick. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at, um, at NBA Analyst Doug. You can follow me on Twitter at NBA. Our podcast is called um, King, King James Gossip. You can hear it on um, Spreaker as well as iTunes. Um, and then the website is King James Gospel. So give it a read. Um, it's got some great um, contributors and site experts. So. Are you guys keeping the name? Um, yes, I think we are. Good. Yeah. Um, purely for SEO reasons, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Joe, yeah. thank you again for joining us. I do appreciate it. This has yeah. been the Cleveland Cavaliers preview for the 48 Minutes. Like we said earlier, check us out on 48MinutesNetwork.com and any podcast subscription of your choice where you can give us a nice five-star review. Thanks again to Joe for coming on, talking the cast with us. This has been Tim Daniel on 48 Minutes, and have a good night, everybody.